Hey guys, I'm Valerie. And I'm Jasmine, and this is Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Today, we are going to be talking about a case that we actually mentioned in episode three. So if you couldn't for some reason remember that long ago, then you might already know. But today we're going to be talking about Drew Peterson. Dun, dun, dun. We mentioned him in the Lisa Stebbick case because um, Lisa Stebbick went disappeared. She went disappeared. <laughs> just so we're clear. Um, no, she went missing um, just a couple months before all of this drama happened with Drew Peterson. So it kind of actually took some of the spotlight away from Lisa in addition to the Chris Vaughn case. So if you're keeping up, we're going through a really slow timeline of a couple years <laughs> in my home area of things that have happened because they've stuck with me and I want to share the stories with everybody. So. Yeah, definitely. You think I'd have all the crazy people stories. I know. You're from Florida. <laughs> you know how we roll. All the bad things happen in Florida. Yeah. So today our sources are Investigations for the Missing, Wikipedia, Charlie Project, The Naperville Sun, Chicago Tribune, Justice Cave, Cafe. Cafe. <laughs> Cafe. <laughs> This is going to be a hard one for me for some reason. I'm sorry. And Drew Peterson exposed. If I can't say the word cafe, we're going to have an issue. <laughs> um, That website, Justice Cafe, is actually a blog. And they go through, like, a really in-depth timeline of this. So if you ever feel like you're in the mood to just, like, dissect every little thing that could have happened, that's a great place to start. Just by yes. the way. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of new to this um, case. Like, I feel like I've heard, I think I told you I did listen to a podcast episode about it, but I really don't remember it. Yes, so um, True Crime Obsessed did an episode on it, and it's actually one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Um, they, and I think part of it is just because it's from my hometown and like they're talking because they watched the documentary that they did on Drew Peterson and they're talking about, um, how they find like a bunch of remains, but none of them belong to the person that they're looking for. And, um, what's, what's his face? Um, what's oh, his Patrick. name? Patrick. He's like, oh my God, what is this town? Why do people live here? <laughs> And it's so funny because that's they were talking about like all these cars that they find and stuff like this. And it was just tripping me out because that's exactly, it's just, you know, they make it out to be like this really horrifying place. And I'm like, well, kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Not really. It's not scary when you're there. But, you know, when you think about things like this that happen there, it's like, oh, yes. So if you're looking for like a comedic version of this afterward, um, then I would highly recommend going to listen to theirs because it, it's pretty funny. So um, especially after you hear like the full depth of the story that I'm going to get into here. So we're going to start out talking about Stacy Kales. She was born January the 20th of 1984. So in 2001, that makes her 17 years old. And she was working as a hotel receptionist. And she was actually um, working the overnight shift, which... I can't imagine working overnight shift as a 17-year-old. That, like, scares the shit out of me. Like, I worked overnight shifts, but in a hospital that, like, you need to badge into areas to get in there. Right. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine doing that either. Like, right. 
Mm-mm. People can just okay. walk in and out. Like, that's terrifying to me. But she also um, began attending the local junior college as a nursing student. She went to, she went to Juliet Junior College, which is really um, interesting to me. My brother went there, and I went there and took a couple sign language classes with my mom. So it's just kind of a little, you know, I have to tell you all my personal tidbits in here. I'm sorry. I think that's it, though. So, <laughs> but so she was going there as a nursing student. So Drew Peterson was 47 at the time. So 30 years older than her. And he was a patrol officer and he was working overnight shift. He actually frequented this hotel because his partner was kind of infatuated with a coworker of Stacy's. So Stacy and Drew started talking a lot. And at this time, Drew is still married to his third wife, Kathleen. But him and Stacy start dating anyways. 47 and 17. Yeah, no, that's like me dating my dad. Exactly. Exactly. My dad is not even 30 years older than me. So yeah, no. let me give you a little background on Drew, though. So in 1974, Drew married his first wife, Carol. They had two sons together. But Carol discovered, oh my gosh, Carol discovered, excuse me, that Drew was cheating on her and the two divorced in 1980. So in 1982... Stacy's not even born yet. <laughs> Drew married his second wife, Vicky. In 1992, 10 years later, Vicky and Drew divorced because Drew was having an affair. She said that Drew, and I quote, threatened to kill her and make her death look like an accident. What the hell? Why is that? You know, it's funny because, I mean, it's not funny, but like, the more we talk about these kinds of cases, like, that's a thing that people frequently say. Yeah, and how do you stay with somebody after they say that to you? And how do you not at the same time? Because, like, aren't you terrified? Right, yeah, 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 that's true. I, yeah, no. It's it's insane that that's a thing that happens. But also, um, Vicky's daughter stated that Drew was abusive towards her. Oh, wow. So he's just a fucking prick. So later on that same year, in 1992, Drew, who's now 38 years old, marries Kathleen Savio. So Kathleen is only 28 at the time. And the two of them have two children, Thomas and Christopher. So Drew and Kathleen, remember, are married still when Drew and Stacy start dating. And they start their divorce shortly after the two of them start dating. And it's incredibly messy because they're fighting over assets and custody of their two boys. But Drew was really anxious to be with Stacy and to marry Stacy. So he ends up giving in on a couple different things. And the two end up divorcing. And it's official in, I think it was October of 2003. So, just a reminder, they met in 2001, Stacey and Drew. Okay. All right. Well. But before before this divorce is final, Drew and Stacey actually have their first child, Anthony. What the fuck? Yep. And the second that his divorce is final, him and Stacey marry. It's the exact same month, October 2003. I'm sorry, like, if I was to get divorced, I wouldn't want to get, or if the man I'm seeing gets divorced, I wouldn't want to get married within the same month of that divorce. It's just crazy to me that that's even legal. Right, it's like, yeah, I'm celebrating my divorce from this one, but, like, three days later, I got married to my new person. Like, no, that's weird. It's insane, I know, and especially Stacy is so young. She's not even 20, she's 19 at this time. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe she's just... Naive. She wasn't, yeah, I was going to say, she wasn't jaded yet. <laughs> right, I just, I mean, I can't even imagine, and I couldn't find information on how her family felt about that, like, but I can't even imagine. 
like you're marrying somebody who's 30 years older than you and you're 19 years old and he literally divorced like a couple weeks ago what do you mean you're getting married like <laughs> right like literally it could be your dad like he's probably your dad's age that you're married so i'm sure like her parents probably felt some type of way but yeah i would crazy. think but you never know so on friday february 27th of 2004 drew had the weekend with his two sons he picked them up from Kathleen's home and they rest for the night. And then the next day they all hang around and relax, which included Drew's sons from another marriage, Stephen. So just keep in mind that <laughs> Drew has five kids at this point in time. Um, I know. So the next day, the family visits the Shed Aquarium in downtown Chicago, which is really cool. Um, and now it's Sunday, February 29th. And Drew knows he has to bring the kids back to Kathleen's for the week. So he shows up to Kathleen's house and there's no answer. So he tries calling her and there's no answer. So he takes the kids back to his house. Now the next day, Monday, March the 1st, Drew tries calling Kathleen again and nothing. He, she's not reaching out to him. She's not answering the phone. So at 5 p.m., Drew is heading to work and he still hasn't heard from Kathleen. So at 7 p.m., he decides to drive to her house, her house again. And he knocks on the neighbor's doors and Mary and Steve, the neighbors, come to the house and try to talk to Kathleen and get a hold of her. So he gets a locksmith to gain entry to the house and Drew waits outside as Mary and Steve enter, which is a little sus to me. Right. Um, so was it common for her just to like go like, I guess like when he had his kids, like their kids, like was it common for her to not answer the phone no. or not be there? Like, why no, he just go ahead and call the cops. He, he is a cop. So he, at this point, is like, I'm taking it into my own hands. And I'm going to kind of do a wellness check, I guess. But the, my problem with it is that there's this... Le okay, I'll actually, I'll get back to that. So hold on just a second. I'll okay. Put a pin in that Sorry. thought. <laughs> so he hears a scream coming from inside. So he runs into the house. And in the bathroom of her home, Kathleen is found face down in the bathtub. Her hair was wet and her fingers were pruny from being in water, but the bathtub was completely dry. So what? Kathleen had a gash in the back of her head that soaked her hair in blood and she was dead. So I want to quickly, I'm think I was thinking about this and my fingers probably stay pruny for like an hour. Yeah. And my hair stays wet for like five hours because it takes <laughs> so long to dry. And you yeah. have a lot of hair, too, so I can imagine yours takes about the same amount of time. If you're in the shower and you don't dry your hair. It takes about, like, a day. <laughs> <laughs> I washed my hair today, and I think it just finished drying, like, an hour ago. And I showered, like, six hours ago. So, yeah. I mean, so, but, you know, her fingers are still pruny. So that puts it on a shorter time stamp of how long ago she had to have been in the bath, right? Right. Well, the autopsy report states that Kathleen's death is from accidental drowning. The autopsy also notes two things that I thought were kind of bizarre, which is that her tongue is clenched in her teeth, number one, and she has abrasions throughout her body. But per a jury, her death is ruled an accident. So they think that the um, tub drained a certain way, and that's why it was dry when they got there. My question about this is, this is the, you can take the tack out of that thought right now. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> they always say that people want somebody else to find the body. Like the killer doesn't want to be the one to find the person. 
I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah. Well, who who the fuck are they anyways? Who am I referring to? I wish I could give you a better example. It's <laughs> it's it's a legitimate saying that like if somebody knows that they killed somebody but they want somebody else to find it. Yeah, I've never heard that before. But really? It it's a like, thing. I promise it's a thing. You're a murderer, not an actor. So. Right. And also because if he's the one who found her there, then they have to question him based on, well, you were already inside the house and will we know, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas exactly. if he's not the one who found her, then he's like, oh, I, I didn't know. You know, they were the ones who found her. Exactly. But that's a real thing, I promise. Okay. <laughs> so Drew acted actually is able to provide a handwritten will dated March the 2nd of 1997, back when him and Kathleen were married, in which Kathleen left everything to him and vice versa. This included a life insurance policy for Kathleen of $1 million. You know, that's really convenient that he would do, like, she would leave that to him. I'm sorry. Well, it made sense when they were married, but you would think that she would have, if this was a legitimate will to me, then it would make sense that she would have since rewritten one since they divorced. But to leave, so like you said she left some stuff to him in the will? Oh, everything, like her house, her everything. Right. So yeah, like I, yeah, the, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it just seems a little unlikely since they divorced, in my opinion. Right. But we'll never know. So in January of 2005, Stacy and Drew have their second child, Lacey. In September of 2006, Stacy's half-sister, Tina, dies of colon cancer. And I just want to take a minute to mention the, like, terrible tragedies that follow Stacy's family. I read about her life, and it is fucking bonkers. A year before she was born, her sister Jessica died in a house fire. She was an infant. And a few years later, another sibling of hers, Lacey, like the name that they gave their second child, died of SIDS. Holy shit. So that's three of her siblings that died, two of them when they were small. But get this. Stacy's mother, Christy Kales, is actually a missing person. Stop it. I am not kidding. Her family and friends think she was murdered by her boyfriend at the time. She apparently, like, took a Bible and left the house to go to church and she never came back. She's been missing since 1998. That is crazy. And what a weird coincidence. Like, yeah, you're right. Her family just has, like, the shit end of the stick. That's insane. That's a lot of tragedy in one. So it, I think it's kind of unsurprising for me to say that Stacy is struggling a little bit with depression and anxiety. After her half-sister dies. Yeah, no, I would have been fucked up. I know. I know. Well, so she started taking Effexor, which is a um, depression medication, and the loss of Tina is hitting her super hard. She's not sleeping good. And at this point in time, she's starting to see some issues in her marriage with Drew. So Stacy has a platonic relationship with a friend of her, Steve. And recently she actually started flirting with him over text, but nothing came of it. And actually Steve would later say that he wasn't interested in her and that she wasn't actually wanting to cheat on Drew or anything like that. But she confided in him the issues that she was having in her marriage. So there was one night where um, the two of them were out at a coffee shop and Drew was working and he actually showed up at the coffee shop. He walked in and he demanded Steve's ID. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, definitely. And then, like, it sucks because she kind of put 
um Steve in that yeah he, she kind of put him in like that situation like I'm sorry you can't confide in another man about your relationship not I like don't... that not when he already doesn't trust you because of who he is as a yeah. person <laughs> right yeah no why make your situation worse and then drag somebody else into that I agree but again she was really young so she was young and also she trusted steve so i mean it makes sense in that regard it just sucks because from drew's point of view he has cheated on all of his spouses so for him Mm -hmm. he's going to look at this and saying well she's obviously cheating on me have you ever heard that saying that's like um you lose them how you got them no so like a lot of people maybe i'm not quoting it right but basically it's like think about how you got this person that you're in a relationship with and the same way you got that person is the same one, the same way somebody else can get your person, basically. So, like, if he cheated on his wife with you, what makes you think he won't cheat on you with somebody else? No, that's an excellent point. And I think also that people who do things like cheat project that onto other people. Right. So, at this point in time, he's like, well, you know, and she's not cheating on him. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well... You obviously must be because, exactly. So, no, but that's interesting because I can see that as well. Well, on October 26th of 2007, Stacy tells Drew she wants to divorce. This is less than a week after she has this um, coffee shop. I I don't want to say date. um, uh, Meeting, meeting, yeah, (laughs) with Steve. (laughs) Um, On October 27th of 2007, Cassandra, who's Stacy's sister, was at Stacy's house to spend time with her. She left shortly before midnight, and they agreed that Stacy was going to arrive at her house around 10 a.m. the next day because they were going to be painting her house. But Stacy never arrived. So Drew stated that Stacy called him and said that she was leaving him for another man. She oh, took Lord. get get this. She took four things with her, and if you remember the true crime, if you've heard the true crime obsessed. Um, version of this story, you'll remember these four things because they say it like 18 times and it's really funny. I think I do remember what it was. She took, and it's not that this situation is actually funny, but I just want you to appreciate how fucking ridiculous this is when you're hearing this. He said that she took her bikini, her passport, money, and the deed to the house. Yes, yes, I do remember that specifically. And Patrick was like, Girl, what do you mean she took her bikini? What do you think? <laughs> right. And he was also like, who knows where the deed to their house is? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. the deed in her bikini? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I do recommend that if you need, like, a palate cleansing um, version right. of the story. But So the phone call is later pinged, and it had actually come from Steve's neighborhood. What? Yeah, so when they pinged the phone call that this phone call that Stacy allegedly made to Drew about I'm taking my bikini, my the deed to the house, my passport, my money, and we're gonna be going or I'm and I'm leaving you for another man, it came from Steve's neighborhood. But I would like to remind you that Drew knew where Steve lived because he demanded his ID. Ah, uh, that does make sense. That's the first thing that I thought of, but we don't know. Anyways, he decides to go look for Stacy. So Cassandra drives to Drew and Stacy's house. His two small children and his two children who are a little bit older from his marriage with Kathleen are there. 
but there are no cars in the driveway and Drew and Stacy are not there. So Chris, which is one of the older sons, um, tells Cassandra that the two of them got into a fight and they left. So Cassandra calls Drew. He gives her some bullshit excuse. So she's like, okay, fuck this. She goes to the police station and she reports her missing. She knew that Stacy was going to be divorcing Drew. And she knew it was because of his controlling temperament and that Stacy was legitimately scared for her life. So she decides she's going to go grab a male friend of hers and the two of them go together back to the Peterson residence. And now both of the cars are in the driveway, but Stacy's not there. And Drew says that Stacy had left her car at the local airport, so he went and got it. Which mm-hmm. I was like, how did, but how did he get it? Because he has his car too. <laughs> right. And then the other thing, like going a little ways back, um, that's going to be really shitty having like your sibling, like you, like basically you're reporting them to the police, but her husband is a police officer. Right. How trusting can you really be at this point? Because like, I don't think I could like, put my full trust in the police department if like my husband was a police officer like what they would back him 10 like nine times out of 10 not saying all of them would but still it's actually funny that you said that because the next thing i was going to tell you about was that this airport parking lot where her car had been had a surveillance camera so cassandra tells the police can we get the footage from that camera and she was told by a police officer and i quote Everyone knows that camera doesn't work. Stop it. So just a friendly reminder that Drew's a police officer, which means that he would also know that that camera doesn't work. Uh, also, what a douchey thing to say. Right. Not like, don't, he wasn't like, oh, well, I'm pretty sure the camera doesn't work, like, but I'll check it out. No, he's like, no, fuck you. Camera, everybody knows the camera doesn't work, stupid. Right, and also, they don't make any efforts to see if she had actually boarded a plane. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And all this, like, so, and they don't check surveillance inside of the airport, nothing. So, two days after Stacy went missing, Drew's stepbrother, Thomas, attempted suicide. He Holy told, shit. yep, he told police he thinks he may have accidentally helped dispose of Stacy's body. He had helped Drew move a warm blue barrel that was large enough to hold a human body. Drew had actually paid him to help him dispose of the barrel and told him that they would never talk about it again. At first, Thomas didn't think much of it. But Drew also had told Thomas that they needed to be careful not to spill any of the liquid out of the barrel. So, I have a question. Okay. If you're asking me to move a big, huge barrel and we're not supposed to really, you're not telling me what's in it and supposedly we can't spill what's in it, why am I going to help you move it? So here's the thing, and I'm not putting any blame on Thomas. I just want to make no, that no, clear. No, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll tell you now because it doesn't matter <laughs> when I do. No, 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 it's okay. Um, It still doesn't fully answer your question, actually. But Drew had previously asked Thomas, which is why he came to think that he might have accidentally helped dispose of her body. He came, he asked him early on if he would help him kill Kathleen. 
what the fuck? Okay. And Thomas said, absolutely not. And um, he like he wanted no part of it. Da, 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 and Drew said, okay, but like, would you be okay with knowing about it? No. It's kind of how that, and that's not like verbatim what happened, but it was something along the lines of that. And so Thomas, by the way, the the night of um, Stacy's disappearance, Thomas was working. He worked the night shift as a nurse, so Mm -hmm. he couldn't have been a part of that. But also, you know, this is what led him to think that he helped dispose of a body. So does he tell them like where they disposed of it at? We'll get to that. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> so on November 9th, Drew was named a suspect in the case, and they were considering her case to be a homicide and not just a missing persons case. In December of 2008, Drew became engaged again. Hold on, sorry. Hold on. How long has she been gone again? Um, she went missing in October of 2007. And then we're in... December of 2008. What the fuck? Yeah, and the woman's 23. That's correct. And the woman's 23 years old. Okay, so a little tip here, but not really a tip. If your significant other is missing and you don't know where they're at, how about don't move on to somebody else right away? Like, I don't know, maybe delay it. How about if you are 23 years old and somebody who's 30 years older than you has been married four times and their third wife is dead and their fourth wife is missing, don't get engaged to them. Right, right. That, that is also true. I don't care true. if he had nothing to do with his third wife's murder or his fourth, wife, fourth wife's disappearance. Those odds are not good. No. Just like a giant red flag that is not a person to marry. <laughs> that's that's not a person to associate with at all right okay. well police are st- have been starting to look into it and they decide to exhume Kathleen Savio's body and here's oh. what they found and this is a direct quote the exhumation posi- petition states that it, the one inch gash on the back of Savio's head would not have been enough to render her unconscious and cause her to drown the petition also questions the blood pattern in the tub arguing that it was not consistent with water slowly draining from the tub in the way investigators in 2004 assumed it had. Will County State's Attorney James Glasgow publicly states that crime scene evidence of Savio's death appears to show her death may have been staged to look like an accident. So this it does. And this State's Attorney Glasgow was not in that position at the time of Kathleen's death hmm. so this he actually had a lot to do with relooking into it which I can appreciate so when, so like I just started thinking so if her fingers were still like really pruny so she had like she more than likely got she had gotten a bath or, or her taking a shower so like what if she would have like taken a shower and she got out and she like slipped and then hit her head but didn't realize like how bad it was and then no that doesn't make sense well but they they determined her cause of death was drowning they said it was an accident but they said it was drowning which to me means that she was taking a bath likely was knocked unconscious and then drowned okay okay 
Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, anyways, at this point, a reverend comes forward and tells police that Stacy had confessed to him that Drew killed Kathleen. He had not come forward before this because Stacy was scared for her own life. So he didn't want to drag her into that. So Stacy knew. Okay, and this was a reverend. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, okay. So Kathleen's death ended up being ruled a homicide the second point around. Second time around. Um, Also at this point, um, Drew's newest engagement ended. As it should have. (laughs) Good. I know. So Drew was also forced to resign from his police job and he was granted $79,000 a year pension. No, a month. Bullshit. A year, a month. A lot of money for no reason. It couldn't have been a month. I didn't write it down, but it couldn't have been a month because that's way too much. Yeah, no. It was more money than he deserved. Yeah, by far. And yeah, no. Right. So Thomas, remember that's the brother who thinks that he helped dispose of Stacy's body. He's granted immunity in this and he um he talks and for a long time in the winter unfortunately because it's Illinois, um searches actually had to stop. But they couldn't find Stacy's body. So it's hmm. possible that wherever this barrel was that Drew actually later moved it or that it was just evidence in the barrel or that it was probably Stacy's body, but or that I, it shifted because it was in water. I for one think that maybe we shouldn't be able to easily like these barrels shouldn't be easily accessible to people. So this might be a stupid question, but like I don't know what people legitimately use those barrels for. So, like, when I lived in Florida, my grandma and grandpa used to um, have, like, a little farm. And um, they had, like, those big blue barrels. They're, like, plastic. And they used to have a shit ton of them. But they stored, like, the feed. So, we had, they had, like, cows, goats, um, chickens, rabbits, geese. Um, I think that was it. Oh, and they had a bull. But, um... Yeah, they used to store, like, feed in there and stuff, so... I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I I might remember that, but yeah. I guess it can't be legitimate. It just seems super sketchy to me. Well... Right. Yeah. I feel like if you don't have a farm, then why do you need it? Or, like, if you don't have, like, a legit garden for, like, compost? Okay, anyways, proceed. (laughs) I just, I mean, I'm just curious about it, because I think it's... I mean, those barrels have come up a lot. Yeah, definitely. Almost... Like, all these missing persons cases that we had done, like, a lot of them had a fucking barrel involved. Right. So, on May 7, 2009, Drew is charged and arrested for Kathleen's murder. It isn't until September 6, 2012, that Drew is actually found guilty of first-degree murder. Um, he had gone through a mistrial and, you know, lots of appeals and all that. But he actually is found guilty, and he is sentenced to 38 years. Okay, all right. So, not very long. Um, February 9th of 2015, Drew is actually charged with soliciting murder. He tried to hire a hit on James Glasgow, which is that state attorney, for $10,000. Stop it. But, so he got caught. (laughs) Why do people even try that? 
Well, I think because he was a police officer, he thought he had a correct hookup. Can I can I go into a quick story real quick? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, really quick. I was watching um the show on Netflix. Uh, is it How to Make a Murderer? Something like that. Making a murderer. Um, that thing. Making a murderer. Yes. So there's the one where. Wait, no. Totally wrong. Sorry. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> it was um, it, um, Tiger King. That's what it was. <laughs> I, wait, what? <laughs> did you just get that confused with making a murderer? I did. What I the did. fuck is and happening? Because, so, in Tiger King, remember Joe Exotic, he hires the um, country-ass dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, And then, like, he hires him for the murder for hire things for Carol Bass's, and then, like, the dude just doesn't do it. Right. Okay, sorry. Anyways, yeah, no. That's dumb. Don't ever hire anybody to fucking kill anybody because it's not worth it. Okay, proceed. That's the point you wanted to make? (laughs) Yeah, it's really stupid because I feel dumb because I thought it was on uh, making a murderer. That's really what funny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> he, anyways, Drew was a dirty cop just in general. He actually got caught like um, giving tips to people like who were in the drug dealing thing field field of work Um, he would like Like right but illegally and he would like tell them of like different like plans that they were going to be able to catch them and stuff like that for money so he was a dirty cop just in general but anyways after um soliciting murder he got his pension taken away and he was sentenced to 40 years good so my only qualm with that is that he had a longer sentence for the murder for hire than he did for the actual murder of Kathleen. Oh, that's true. Is it because like they had like hardcore undeniable evidence about the murder for hire? That could be. That could be. Not having like as much concrete evidence for Catherine. I I really am not positive actually. Okay. But Stacy's body has never been found. She is still a missing person. Um, I, like this. I know. And Stacy's sister Cassandra actually has a GoFundMe page to help pay for search efforts because she actually has taken so much of this into her own hands because she doesn't really like the effort that police have put in there. So if you're interested in that, it's actually titled "Help Me Bring Stacy Peterson Home," and we'll actually put the link in the episode notes if you want to donate to her. But on this GoFundMe page, Cassandra had something written that I thought was really interesting. Um, so this is all a direct quote. Drew Peterson disposed of my sister's body on the evening of October 28, 2007, in the sanitary and shipping canal after having dropped off his stepbrother. I have sonar images of her lifeless body at the bottom of a riverbed, which I will never release. That is not how I want the world to remember my beautiful sister. These images have already made it into the wrong hands, and some of my past searchers back when I trusted people and thought they were trying to help. Law enforcement messed up in 2007 and never sent divers down to recover her body. They spent all their time pulling cars out of the shipping canal at night so the media didn't know and didn't care about doing the one thing they were supposed to be doing, which was get my sister out. I made the calls to see what they were doing and they claimed that her body, quote, could be wedged against one of the vehicles. Even though the cars were in completely different areas than her body at the time. If law enforcement would have done their job, I would have had my sister's body home in the flesh 22 days after Drew murdered her. 
law enforcement again failed to retrieve her now decomposing body in 2008 when my sonar team found her several miles downstream from where we had last located her in 2007. Mm. So I actually, she actually has since posted a picture of the sonar picture. And because I don't understand sonar images, I don't understand what I'm looking at. Like she has a little diagram on there saying that like it's pointing at a skull. Yeah, but I cannot personally tell. I will post the picture on the Instagram so that you can see. Um, but Cassandra has been really irritated with like how much publicity this has gotten, and nothing has come of it. It's ridiculous that they didn't ever send down a dive team when so, they knew the area. Really quick, so like I recently started watching this thing on Facebook, and it was like these um, two guys that are um, divers. And they've actually so far, like the one episode I did see, they actually recovered, like they had this sonar, like this big ass sonar um, tablet looking thing. And they're riding around in their boat and they were just like, like basically holding it over the water. And they like with their sonar, they detected like two cars or two large um objects in the water and they called like the police because they were hired by this missing kid's family um he was like 17 years old and they thought that he like committed suicide they assumed that he drove into this lake or this river and but whenever the uh police is whenever the police went to search for him in the river, they didn't find anything. So they contacted these two guys. So anyway, so they make this thing on Facebook where they're just recording themselves doing all this stuff um, and trying to see what they find. So they see use a sonar thing. They locate two objects and then they call the cops and they actually, the cops actually retrieve the um, vehicle that the um, boy was in. He was like 17 and um, he, his body was in there because he drove, oh, wow. did drive into the river. So, like, that would be pretty dope, like, if they could get into contact. Because that's what they do. Like, now they're pretty much known for, like, families reaching out to them and um, trying to see if they can find, use their t- tools and stuff and find their missing family members, like, in rivers and lakes and shit. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and he like, like he shows you like in that video he was showing like the um the sonar and like yeah I couldn't tell where the fuck he was talking about either like all I seen was a bunch of random shit on that thing like it's so hard for me to read it right but they know what they're looking at and it's the same yeah. thing like Cassandra so the team that she has hired and all the equipment that they're using first of all cost a fortune like mm-hmm. she's put her entire life savings into this. And, um, th- like, they were able to pick up pieces of it, but they couldn't get police to take it seriously, and to, which is the most infuriating. I cannot even imagine how infuriating that right. must be to be like, I am positive that part of my sister, or well, I guess it's at least part of somebody, is down there. You know what I yeah, mean? No. It's crazy. But also, if you um, remember in the True Crime Obsessed episode of this, they're talking about pulling cars out of a water. That's where this is. Oh, yeah. They yeah, start. Yeah. They were pulling cars out, but they weren't going to, they didn't, you know, try to do the dive team at the bottom of the water and actually look for her. And, you know, there's a really good chance that she's down there. 
So I will post that GoFundMe page for if anybody's interested in donating to her or writing her a message on there. Um, it's a really, I don't think that there's any chance that Stacy's alive, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so either, but you know. Um, the good thing is, yeah. is that Drew is in jail. The shitty thing is, is that even though he's already been arrested and he'll spend the rest of his life in there, is that he won't tell anybody where Stacy is. Right, I was just about to ask you, he's not dead, right? He's still in jail. Oh, he's alive. He's very much alive. So, like, this is my feeling. Dude, you're already going to be in there for the rest of your fucking days. Just fucking say where you put her. Yeah, just because they charge you again, it's not going to actually make a difference in your sentence. So, because right. you're you're there until you die, anyways. Like you may you're as well fucking die before your forty years are up. I'm you're old as fuck. Like you're going to fucking rot. So, and um, the thing is too is like that's what's the matter with these people is that he's such a narcissist and such a sociopath that like to him he's like no fuck you. It's better for me that you don't know. So and he wants sick. people to suffer and he wants to watch them search and he wants to want them not be able to find her because it makes him feel like he's one. Right. It's and disgusting. It so important because he's like, I know what you don't know and you want to know what I know. And people will continue to talk about it because she's missing. People will always talk about deceased people too, but people, they want to talk about the missing because right. we're looking to make that. So his name is going to keep being brought up and, I just, it's disgusting. I absolutely hate him. Yeah, I hate him too. And I feel really bad for, you know, um, Stacey's family and Kathleen's family. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, Kathleen, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially Stacey's two young kids. All of, actually, I feel bad for anybody who's ever had to come in contact with him. I know. Because, you know what, and this is, this brings me to my next point. So, like, if he was a shitty, like, if he was a dirty cop, like, there's no telling how many people's, like, like, cases, like, he just did, like, uh, he trumped up charges, basically. Like, he just probably added more shit onto them. He was probably dirty all around, not just... Yeah, and I don't know what kind of control he had and what kind of things he specifically did. I just know that he was able to, that, you know impact a couple of things within the department and that not a lot of people liked him, which makes perfect sense to me. I just looked him up because I wanted to see what he looked like. And uh, what I saw, it said he was a sergeant in some of them. Okay. So, yeah. He's he's pretty big shit. But yeah, like I wouldn't doubt it if he like fucking fucked up a whole bunch of people's shit while they were, you know, thrown in jail and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pretty fucking terrible, so. Yeah, he's shit. Well, that's our case of Drew Peterson. Um, if anybody knows anything about Stacy, please obviously call your local police department or call the, it should be the Bolingbrook Police Department in Illinois. I think that'll be taking care of that. And, um, you know, go check out, even if you don't have money to donate, you can write a note to Cassandra or you can at least read the stories that she's posted on there. She's put a ton of information on there. Um, just about her situation and about how she, all the efforts that she's been making to look for Stacy and how police have responded to that. So it's very interesting to read. Um, and also it's just very, it makes it very real. Not that it hasn't been in any other way. Like I remember this when I was a kid, her, I mean, Lisa Stebbick was everywhere, but like Stacy Peterson was everywhere. Like it was insane. Her posters were everywhere because 
because it was insane, especially because of it was Drew Peterson. It was this cop whose third wife is dead and his fourth wife is missing. And it's a cop. Right. And um, also, um, well, I just had a brain fart about what I was going to say. Oh, about the GoFundMe. Um, you know, you can donate a dollar, five dollars. And also, like on GoFundMe, they have this thing where you can be anonymous. So, like, if you don't want to put your name out there and, you know, you want to write that note, you can do all of that, too. I urge you to read it either way because... Yeah. Any attention brought to her case can be helpful because you never know who knows something. Definitely. Definitely. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Um, don't forget to check out our Instagram for pictures from the episode at Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Our Facebook is at Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Our Twitter is Crafts, and Crime. Our Patreon is Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Is that it? Oh, send us a Gmail gmail at tell us stories give us suggestions give us feedback whatever you want we read them so yeah definitely yeah and please if you use apple rate us leave us a review if you're up to it um we totally appreciate that it helps us get distributed so we are going to keep doing this so definitely leave us uh leave us your reviews or dm us what you hate DM us what you like, you know, so so. Yeah, and thank you guys for continuing to listen. That's the most important thing. Definitely. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.